Welcome to Fresh Pressed for the 10th of December, 2019. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show where we talk about music, um, new tunes, old grooves. Okay, so we're going to start with our theme this week. Um, so we've chosen our theme for our Grand Old Grooves to be lucid dreams. So um, for those unfamiliar with the idea, lucid dreaming is basically a dream in which the dreamer is aware that they are dreaming. Um, and typically, especially in popular culture, lucid dreaming is also associated with some measure of control in the dream. Although, you know, the Wikipedia page says that that's not necessarily the case and the term doesn't necessarily apply that. So I trust Wikipedia here. Um, so something I found interesting when I was doing a little research is that, so lucid dreaming has happened spontaneously to something like 55% of the population, according to a scientific study. Um, but there is a fairly large community outside of that, or maybe, I guess, part of that, that's um, interested and devoted to training themselves to actually dream lucidly and to be able to take control of their dreams. Um, you know, there's like a pretty massive subreddit. There are other forums online, um, communities about it. Um, um, and I think it's also important to note because we are a podcast that appreciates science here, that lucid dreaming is not pseudoscientific bullshit. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there in case anybody's skeptical. But I think that uh, lucid dreaming became, maybe it came to the fore in like culture uh, because of uh, Inception from like seven years ago, right? Um, in what, in wide culture, you mean? Yeah, pop, probably that's what I mean. Um, right, because the whole idea is you're awake during these dreams and you can control things and you can implement people things in people's minds. Um I don't know, Andrew, have you ever tried to like lucid dream or have you dreamed lucidly? Um honestly, I I don't I don't know. I don't have any like strong memories of that happening. I feel like most of the time I have sort of the stereotypical like realize I'm in a dream and the dream ends as a result of that or like whatever, whatever the causation is there. Like I'm realizing it as I'm coming out of the dream. I don't think I often have, I think the closest I've ever come to that is like, um, only being like half asleep kind of thing. Like I'm not fully asleep. I'm sort of aware that I'm almost awake, but I'm enough. I'm like tired enough that I'm, that my daydreaming perhaps has more is more vivid than it normally is because I'm almost asleep. Yeah, I think that's probably not. I mean, I don't think that qualifies as lucid dreaming, but No, it definitely doesn't because I don't think I'm actually um dreaming at that point. I think it's more like I'm very tired and like half and very sleepy so that my mind is more suggestible, which means that I'm more like experiencing something that i'm imagining is more vivid than it uh, otherwise would be if i were fully awake yeah that makes sense um by the way inception came out in 2010 oh man so that was oh, almost so 10 years old. ago oh god that's okay um the so 
kind of uh, an interesting flip side or not necessarily flip side, but like parallel idea is this idea of sleep paralysis, um, which is often associated with lucid dreaming where people maybe try and lucid dream and do it wrong and end up uh, doing sleep paralysis themselves. So when you fall asleep, your body naturally will paralyze itself. Um, and so sometimes you can wake up, but your body is still paralyzed um, which is apparently a very freaky feeling. It's, I've never lucid dreamed. I've never had sleep paralysis. But have you ever, has that ever happened to you? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely, I, similarly to my lucid dream half not experience, um, I've definitely had the like, my mind is waking up before my body wakes up kind of thing where I'm like, I'm at the end of like a stress dream and I'm now aware that i'm in my bed but i'm I'm not yet able to move and then i move very suddenly but again i don't think that really counts as sleep paralysis well okay two have experiences maybe you get a full one between them yes um the interesting thing for me about this theme is that i didn't necessarily anticipate there's going to be a lot of songs about lucid dreaming (laughs) i actually thought this was going to be a pretty narrow theme Turns out yeah, there are a ton of music. There's a ton of music about lucid dreams, which maybe makes sense, um, especially since 2010 when Inception came out. Oh God. Um, <laughs> so you picked. A I don't song think of- now. Hold on. I do want to say I don't think uh, we can attribute all of like interest in lucid dreaming as uh, based on Inception. Oh, definitely not. But both of our songs came out in the following nine years, ten years. So, okay, correlation doesn't imply causation, Gabe. Well, this podcast maybe is pro we'll, science. Yes, that's true. Maybe we'll run a study. We'll get back to you, listeners. <laughs> we'll run a study by calling these musicians and asking if they wrote it because of Inception. I mean, it's not necessarily because of Inception. They could have been subconsciously influenced by inception see that see that see that moving right along andrew what song did you bring me for lucid dreaming this week um i have brought you a song entitled lucid dream oh that's very on the nose (laughs) yes um and it's by a band called brain story Um, this is a band from uh, California. I live there. Um, yeah, you do live there. Do you know them? Never met them or seen them play. Well, they but recorded like this album now. in Queens, so you definitely I'm... didn't see them record it. Also, they're from L.A., so that doesn't help you there either. Yeah, Los Angeles is far away and weird. Yeah. I agree. Um, anyway, a band from California. Um, I don't know a ton about them. This is their debut album. Um, from what I can tell, they kind of got their start. They are friends with a band called Chicano Batman. Um, great name for a band. Great. So good. Um, 
but they have this really cool sort of I don't really know how to describe the sound. I mean, sort of like psychedelic kind of. Hmm, no, definitely, I agree. Soulful thing. Yeah, I don't know. I was not nervous about psychedelic. I was nervous about saying soul. Um, but that sort of vibe, at the very least, they actually have in the press release for the for this album, which is entitled Buck. Um, the end of the press release says. Uh, brain story pulling influences seamlessly from a wide breadth. I assume this is a wide breadth. I assume they mean wide breadth of genres. Yeah. Uh, call it funk, call it rock, call it soul, call it buck. Um, I don't think that totally fits into our our interest in how artists describe their own genres. I don't think they're literally saying that this is buck music. Um, <laughs> but it is sort of a hybrid genre i think yeah there's definitely some fusion influence in this song um i do think it really follows a pretty long uh, tradition of psychedelic rock that seems to have existed just continuously since the late 60s yeah um they actually um brain story sort of found their way to this sound through they started um just being really into punk and like hardcore kind of stuff and trying to emulate that. And then they wanted to explore beyond that. Um, they got into jazz and apparently this, this says uh, steady disappointment trying to navigate their local jazz scene. So I guess that didn't work. Wow. Um, I imagine the Los Angeles jazz scene is probably pretty good. Actually, I know the Los um, Angeles jazz scene is pretty good. Yeah. Maybe they just have terrible taste. Or maybe modern jazz is suffering from something deep. Um, well, if you want to, if you want to track it back to another recent film, I, I think you have have an obvious culprit for that one. Sorry, which Damien Chazelle film about white people making jazz are you referring to? I'm talking about Moonlight. Uh, anyway, um, I really like this song, and I did, like you said, I mean, there were a bunch of songs about lucid dreaming that I did not expect to find. Um, but I ended up picking this one because um, while there were a bunch that I really enjoyed, this one is sort of the most, as you said, on the nose of any of these songs where literally this song is just describing a lucid dream. Um, he just introduces at the beginning that he's talking about the veil we call a dream, um, which is very like almost Shakespearean. <laughs> Um, and then just sort of describes this weird dream, um, you know, someone looking at him, some clocks he can't read, a portrait of some swans on fire, I think. I couldn't find lyrics online, so I think I'm hearing that correctly. But anyway, I really like the lyrics on this and, and that it was just sort of describing a dream, which, you know, can sometimes be incredibly boring. But in this case, the music is incredibly interesting. So the those weird and abstract lyrics that uh, are supported by it um, are really cool. It starts out when the sherbet clouds all hang around The faces on the clocks are all so hard to make out And she turns to me and with a gaze 
want to say one more thing about this song, which is at the very end, there's a, like a musical and lyrical waking up out of the dream, which I just think is so great in how like almost campy it is. <laughs> yes. Well, I was going to put a clip of the actual song, but now I guess I don't have to because nope. you've done it. I sing beautifully. Um, and then he has this great uh, like waking up yawn that has been making me yawn as I listened to it over and over over the past couple days. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's wonderful. Gabe, what did you bring this week for Lucid Dreams? My dreamy groove tune. Groon. Yeah, my 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 dreamy groon. My groon. Sounds gross. Is um Once Upon a Lucid Dream in Afrikaans by Kishibashi. I think I want to emphasize here that the actual title is Once Upon a Lucid Dream, and then in parentheses, in Afrikaans, and then the song is just in English. So I'm not entirely sure. Maybe you can help me parse out why the parenthetical there, but I don't get it. Um, And it's off his 2014 record, Light, um, spelled L-I-G-H-G-H-T. How do you know that it's pronounced Light? Well, quick tangent, I'll talk about that because um, light, as spelled in the Kishibashi rendition, um, is actually a fairly famous um, one-word poem from the 60s by Aram Saryan. Well, now I feel like an idiot, huh? Yeah, um, that's kind of out of the beat movement, but also not... Genres and poetry are as uh, ambiguous as they are in music, but it's a one-word poem, which is pretty interesting. Um, And it famously got put in some book by the National Endowment of the Arts about poetry in the 60s, and it was just one word, and then he got paid like $1,000 for it, which is not that much. Um, And then naturally, the conservative media latched onto this. It was like, why are we funding the arts when they just misspell words and things like that? So... Um, yeah, so it's supposed to be pronounced light because there's the two silent, um, pairs of consonants of the double GH. Anyway, back to Kishibashi. Um, so Kishibashi is a Japanese American artist, um, whose name is Keoru Ishibashi. Um, he's a former member of a band called Jupiter One and the indie rock band of Montreal. Um, who notably also have a new album coming out next year, I think. Um, He's been running a solo career since 2012, and Light is his second record um, um, on uh, this uh, label called Joyful Noise. So he is a classically trained violinist um, 
who ended up going to Cornell and then flunking out and then going to Berkeley College of Music. So brilliant human being. Um, and then kind of launching his musical career from there. Um, and you can hear his classical influence all over this song and all over his music. Um, you know, the song Once Upon a Lucid Dream in Afrikaans opens with plucked strings and then there are violins and plucked cellos and violas also throughout the song. first song we've done that has a like a fairly heavy string influence um i love string music like strings in modern like rock and uh, uh, rock is not the right word word necessarily but in a non in a non-classical context yeah or yeah outside of classical or jazz i guess is really what i mean um so i really enjoy that um and i think it fits well with kind of the lyrical content of the song, um, which reminds me a little bit of um, how Led Zeppelin pulls from fantasy sounding tropes and phrases in their music, um, which creates kind of this like elevation in the lyricism. It's like a little more removed, but as an example, um, one of the verses, uh, the lyrics are, the courageous on the horizon made many a soldier weep. Was there anybody around to bury them at noon? And the fortunes of the Messiah gave hope to the progeny that the sky was in a shade of lighter blue than you. Damn. Um, which is also beautiful, but uh, almost like a little bit elevated language also. Yeah, anytime, if you can put progeny into your song, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> say one more thing about this which is tying it back to the lucid dreams thing because it's not necessarily super explicit but throughout the song the singer Kishibashi is talking about wanting to know specifically if love that he's feeling for this person who a lot of this elevated language seems to be about if it's real if that love is real um and the idea of like feeling what you're living. Um, so I think I just want to end with uh, one of the, like the end half of one of the choruses, if you will, um, which goes, I want to bleed in the rain. I want to feel my very chest ripped open at the seams. I really want to know, was it a dream? also brought a couple of new tunes for your listening pleasure dear listeners um andrew what new tune 
What noon did you bring for us? Yikes. Um, I have brought a song called Flat Earth by Cold Beat. It's a same- That is beat B E A T, and not like, not like a cold beat salad. So you're saying beat as in the Beatles, not a beat as in Beatles. Gabe, that's not helpful. <laughs> um, the cool thing about this song is that it relates to an earlier episode of this podcast, and that it's about um the wildfires in California. Yeah, I noticed that. I was so excited more california wildfires yeah and so the video to this song actually which i'll be honest i have not watched but i'm i have a brooklyn vegan article about close enough uh is the video sort of has the um the the person behind the band cold beat whose name is hannah lou sort of playing uh an alien who lands on a unfamiliar planet on which she cannot breathe um which is sort of uh was an intentional choice by her to like mimic the feeling of being uh in California at the time of these wildfires where there's all this like the air is is filled with with smoke and and it seems um alien like with the with the way that the fire and the smoke like changes the whole sky um, she has this quote that says outside was a post-apocalyptic looking orange light and the air was filled with particulate they were advising people to stay inside, so I spent two weeks indoors, pregnant, huffing on my air purifier. Um, oh, this uh, video also has, I assume, her baby. Certainly has a baby. It would make sense if it was her baby and not just a different Could baby. Could be anybody's baby, though. Yes, but she's no longer pregnant in the video and is holding a baby. Oh, okay, so it's probably her baby. Yes. I guess that's what you said. That's exactly what I said, yes. So I didn't have a ton of time to research them but kind of an interesting little note that I found is that they're releasing their music on DFA, which is a label. Um, yeah, DFTBA. <laughs> terrible. Um, DFA is the label that LCD Sound System um, makes music on. Oh, your friend's LCD Sound System. Yeah. I definitely hear why they're signed to that label. Lots of rhythm. Yeah, they got they got They have rhythm. They have beats. They got the beat. They got the cold beat. Oh god. Anyway, I really like this song. Um I would consider this song to be in some ways minimalist in that it's doesn't have like a bunch of different sections. It doesn't change a lot throughout the song, but I think the, the those like cells that are repeated ha- are are very interesting by themselves. So um, in the full array of the song, it creates this like 
just great, like, total experience. Was that too many ridiculous words for me to have said in one sentence? Your sentences are full of ridiculous words always. I'd say stick with it. Great. Great to hear. Thank you so much. Anyway, Gabe, what uh, new tune do you have for me? I brought a song called Leap of Faith by Bronx rapper and producer Ade Hakim off his uh, record that came out this past week called Happiest People in the World Wide Web. And that's all in capitals. Okay, so Ari Hakim is used to be known as Six Press, um, and some of his production credits are still as six press as you might imagine. Um, he's part of a New York rap collective known as Slums. Um, so that's, I'm gonna write it out for you. Um, it's open square bracket, S capital L-U, lowercase M-S, closed square bracket. Okay. Which includes a couple um, other decently well-known artists. Um, there's a, an MC named Mike, um, Jody Jazz, I think, who now is going by Jody 10K. Um, so it's a fairly loose New York rap collective. Um, but importantly for this is that um, the much more well-known Earl Sweatshirt, um, who used to be in Odd Future, is definitely associated. So Ari Hakim um, maybe first came to more uh, popular awareness um, to the extent that yeah, he has any as um, the producer for Earl, uh, part of Earl's new album, or one of Earl's recent albums called Some Rap Songs, um, which very much fits in the aesthetic that this rap collective is going for. Um, so I couldn't find a lot about Ade Hakim as a person. Um, oh, I didn't really, I scrolled a little bit through his Twitter and Instagram, um, didn't go super deep. But um, the reason I like that this song is because it's a really strong highlight of the production and the rapping style associated with this collective. Um, so there's usually a lot of spoken samples. Um, the tracks tend to be very short, so the majority of the tracks off of his record are like two minutes. Um, they're very mellow kind of sounding. Um, it's not like big hits. This is not Kanye West, right? Um, uh, or Kendrick Lamar, any of these more in-your-face MCs. Um, 
but a lot of songs that and albums that have been coming out of this collective are uh, very almost hazy. But then behind that haze um, is a, a pretty deeply personal or, in this case, political message. So like I was saying, saying earlier, uh, sometimes picking these, this new music means that it's hard to find lyrics. Um, and so I try to transcribe some of these lyrics so that I would have them on hand. Um, but it, the song has a pretty political message. Um, and at the end... Ali Hakim really emphasizes that, um, talking about overthrowing the system and democracy, um, which obviously through the song you can tell he feels victimized by or is victimized by. There's also like very explicit talk about, yeah, organizing in the streets and uh, getting people together. But something that is characteristic of his whole album and his whole musical style is that everything seems to be wrapped and provided with like a fairly sunny tone to it, um, very upbeat. Um, and there's lots of uh, religion and references to God sprinkled throughout um, his music. Um, this is not a style of music that I really love. Um, when I listen to rap and hip-hop, um, I prefer something more maximalist. Um, hmm. Yeah, I really like intricate production not to say this production isn't intricate but it's much more low-key and mellow um like understated yeah it's very under exactly that's a great word for it um i was really into this i like i'm generally not a huge well that's not really true it's not that i don't like hip-hop and rap as a genre it's just that i don't spend a lot of time with it so i don't have a lot of familiarity with it um but I was really into this song, and I definitely plan to listen to some more of his stuff. I'm glad you liked it. I wasn't sure if you were going to like it. I also really liked it. Professional leverage because I produce quality. And as long as my blood vessels are flowing, then I'm going to be well prepared to overthrow your phony ass democracy. Until your dollars are obsolete. Yeah. I already told you, you balls are high velocity. Ain't no stopping me, So, Andrew, I gather that you didn't go to see any music live in the past couple weeks um but was there any other new music that stood out to you um anything else you want to talk about um like i for one there's a new song from the flaming lips uh, a flaming lips collab that i think is great yeah i always like when in a collaboration they make a hybrid band name like this is flaming lips and deep valley so that they call they credit it as deep lips oh yeah um, and I do think Deep Lips is a far better name than Flaming Valley. Oh, yeah. Flaming Valley is so boring. Um, Ed O'Brien of Radiohead fame uh, announced uh, a new album that's coming out, I think, in January. Uh, he announced that this past week and, and put out a single called Brasil. I have, I as you know, I'm a lyrics person, so I had the lyrics are, are kind of... No offense to Ed, but they're a little bland. He's no Tom York is what you're saying? Yeah, and certainly his voice is no Tom York either. Um, but yeah, he's he's also he's going by EOB as a solo artist. So check that out. That should be coming out in, in January, I believe. Um, there were also two different songs that I was super into called You and I this week. That's kind of weird. Yeah, right? Um, one is a cover. 
of the Wilco song, You and I, which is a song that I love, um, by a, covered by a band that I love called Mountain Man, who I, I'm sure will appear on this podcast in due time. Um, so that was nice. And then there was also um, a new song by Caribou this week called You and I, which is also very cool, um, which I came across because uh, Justin Vernon tweeted, New Caribou Rules, which I did not initially understand um, and thought maybe there were some recently introduced regulations on forest ungulates. Is a caribou an ungulate? Yes, a caribou qualifies as an ungulate. It has hooves. Okay. So I was a little confused by that, but then I found out that there's a band called Caribou, or a guy who goes by Caribou, and he had a new song, which ruled. Okay, so that's our show for the week. Um, Next week, we will be doing another regular edition of Fresh Pressed, um, and we will have our first guest on the show, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. We are very excited. Um, In the meantime, if you want to know about our ups and downs in the world, you can find us on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. And we've got a website, uh, freshpressedpodcast.com. And as always, we have a playlist of this music from the podcast on Spotify. And you can see the show notes for details if you want to listen to our music in podcast form. You mean in playlist form? Yes. Shoot. They're already listening to it in podcast form. You fool. And they better be enjoying it. Anyway, thank you for listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Gabe. And this is Fresh Pressed. Be kind to Grimes. DFTBA. <laughs> DFTBA. <laughs>